the D's on fire podcast covering one of the two Atlantic 10 teams still playing basketball on the men's side of things, uh, VCU in the NCAA tournament and us in the hallowed grounds of the discount tire sponsored CBI, man, it is so on brand. It's disgusting. (laughs) Um, I guess first we should introduce who we have on as well. Um, this is Trent. Trent Weigand. Is that how you pronounce the last name? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Weigand. How's uh, it going, everybody? Uh, it's, great... it's it's glad to have we're glad to have you here. Yeah, great Twitter follow for all Duquesne <laughs> fans out there. There's not many Duquesne basketball uh, Twitter accounts, but the the few that are out there, great follows. There's some great eight ten accounts. I think they share the love, so yeah, I'm I'm just in a heated rivalry with one fan base right now, so it's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, they continue they continue to respond to every tweet from that account now. Um, so we've just got a nice anti following. Hey, all 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 publicity is good pub- publicity. Jeez, yeah. I struggled with uh, saying <laughs> that, but um, hey, it's good to have some enemies. That means you're standing up for something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Trent, I asked you to come on after I saw your summation of the season on Twitter that I thought was was pretty spot on. If you wanted to I didn't I don't think I gave it to Alec uh how you how you summarize this team from start to finish. Uh we just kind of created some unrealistic expectations. Well, we showed flashes, right? We had we had a couple runs, a couple stretches in the season where we you know, we started putting the defense together and we shot the ball well and things went really right. And I think um, you can't really blame people. They saw that and said, okay, there might be something here. And, you know, towards the end of the season, defensive kind of fell off and we didn't make quite as many threes. And we ended up right about, I think, where we were. So, you know, I don't think you can be super surprised about that. Um, disappointed, yes. But when you look back, it's like, all right, this kind of makes sense. I, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think, um, I think part of the good reason why me and Frost are friends is we have a good dynamic between each other. And especially when it comes to Duquesne, he's way more positive than I have ever been. I ride the highs as as much as I can. (laughs) So he, he's, he was, he definitely encapsulates like riding the high uh, when we were playing super well. And I kind of will bring it down and be like, eh, but one bad shooting night away from like being a trash basketball team so yeah I, I kind of I've kind of always agreed with you like I had that pit in my stomach where about this team where like things two three things go wrong in a game like they're totally toast right but two or things two or three things go right and you're beating VCU by yeah 10 exactly like that's, exactly that's exactly. the thing so this team had what it takes to beat anyone and also was lacking everywhere to lose to anyone and that can be good or bad if you get hot in the tournament and make a run or really bad if you 
don't get hot and lose in the first game to LaSalle. We wanted so. to be hot so, so badly and just right. didn't, didn't happen those last two we, games especially. We really tried speaking that hot streak into existence. <laughs> pushing it off one more game, one more game, and then there were no more games. Until there were there was. Um, okay. um, they announced that they were interested in the CBI. They were just waiting the invite. Um, and that kind of, I mean, my initial reaction was why. I don't, I, I, they left such a sour taste in my mouth uh, watching the last few games that I was just, I don't want to watch them again for a while. I need this break as a fan. Um, but from their standpoint, I get it. It's encouraging the team to stay together. It's building, building on this season so that the seniors like Rotroff and Brewer can have a better send off possibly than uh, the last two games. So I, I get it from that standpoint there's people complaining about they're spending resources because you spend to be a part of this tournament. This, the amount is really not, not all that much in the grand scheme of things. I think I'm going to say it's called the discount tire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, C, CBI. Uh, I so think, I'm not, I think I'm not the amount of it. team pays is less than $30,000, which like for, for any athletic program, that's, that's not that much. That's like, I mean, with NI, that's like two kids with, tuition, like for less. one semester. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, let's talk about NLI for a second. That's going to be for one player, right? I mean, yeah. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, there were some players that we were a little hesitant about going into this offseason that might leave. Um, but based off of everything that I've been hearing and based off of everybody's kind of, it seems like dedication to getting ready for the CBI, doesn't look like we have too much to worry about. Obviously, that can change at any moment, but. That's that's the optimistic spin I'm putting on it. Alec, go ahead and knock me down a peg. Uh, no, I, I think you bring up a good point about cohesion and trying to keep the team together and what that means for next season. I think that's kind of fair to say. Um, so that's a positive. Um, but yeah, I kind of had this a similar reaction, like, yeah, this kind of stinks that we're doing this. But there, there's pros and cons for sure. There's pros. And I'm more interested in what Trent thinks, honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, there's obviously I had the same feelings um, as you guys did to start, but I'll, I'll take a different angle. So let's say people are getting that feeling around um, the team. I think the athletic director kind of looks at that and says, okay, we don't want to go into the offseason with this negative attitude. So what are the things we can do to change that? And playing a tournament like this, I mean, I think is one of them. Obviously, if you lose the first game in the tournament, well, that kind of perpetuates it. But if you do well, I think it can kind of turn that attitude around. Um, sort of interest people to stay if they were on the fence. Like, okay, we have this team. I was looking at the bracket. I think uh, the number one scene here is Indiana State. If I remember right, we played them and beat them, right? So Yeah, after like we could do a, some a terrible <laughs> first 10 minutes or so of that game, too. Right, right. So, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, hey, maybe we'll make a, make a little run here and end the season on a more positive note as opposed to going, you know, winning two out of our last six games. And they weren't against the most stellar competition. Yeah. I mean, LaSalle, we, I mean, you have St. Louis, I mean, on there and Fordham, obviously, but. Yeah. Um, and I will say this, in all the pro CBI PR spin articles that I've read, uh, they've cited Loyola Chicago's win in the in this tournament as kind of a large <clears throat> add to their their success. Which, I mean, sure, may, sure, 
we can we can say that's <laughs> the, the reason why they did well or it was just a coincidence either way um it, it's it's fun to win basketball games hopefully our involvement in this tournament leads to a few of those and not just i mean if we lose this first one man this is even more deflating than i, I was i was gonna say what what is um like what is a successful successful tournament like for duquesne obviously first round exit would be a catastrophe um where i get we're a fifth seed i think against rice yeah, yeah. So uh, our second game's against a four seed so like if we win two games i think that's a success okay but i realistically i think it's seeing how the team plays too where if we do lose is it a game that we actually played well in like how the women's team lost to gw to close out their season like you still feel good watching them play that well whereas yeah. our last two games if we play something like that no we're we're not we're not happy at all regardless think, of when it happens even I if think i agree with that for a se- for a second round game but first round game like five versus tw- well i guess it's a it's a five versus 12 so oh, okay. those are where all the upsets <laughs> happen right we're all doing our our brackets for the real tournament so i think i just spun myself in the opposite direction i think now i'm expecting us to lose now that i say that out loud well i'm glad you're, you're using reason uh yeah. to make these it's statistically the biggest upset i mean i can't you know i'm a numbers guy so <laughs> trent your thoughts yeah um I, I i think you're right i think the two game mark is probably right um i mean you could do some coach talk and say well you know we extended the season and uh you know, got some more time to bond, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. I think it's got to be at least the first game and have a decent performance in the second game. But I think, I think they got a chance to to do some real damage. I mean, I don't see anyone in the, in the tournament that necessarily is like, all right, we can't beat this team. So if they are sticking around to play, what are you playing for? You're playing to win, right? So I think, I think they, they should do some damage. Yeah. And as you put it, this podcast, and I put it so eloquently last podcast, if we're playing our A game, there's nobody that can beat us in this in this bracket, right? Um, well, and that's what that's what I think you really we really need to see is <clears throat> when we when we start to get uh, like timid or nervous, like oh shoot, this game's not going the right way. We just start checking them up, and that's when they start missing. That's when you start missing more. You need to play the right way, feed it in, get it back out on the kick and shoot, or get it the extra pass and get that open shot because those are the rhythm shots that you're used to taking in practice and used to making, as opposed to all right, we're going to take three dribbles, step back and shoot it, unless maybe your day day. But uh, yeah. everyone else, like, come on, get in a rhythm. And I think that will be something I'll be looking for is are they playing the right way on offense or are they just checking it up? Yeah. And I mean, sometimes the chucking it up works for that short period of time and then they get really in love with it and it turns into a disaster. Yeah. Um, Not a good long-term strategy. No. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, our win-loss has really been focused almost exclusively the second half of the season on whether we're able to turn the other team over. So it'll be interesting to see if we're able to win any games without causing a lot of turnovers, or if we're just able to turn all of these teams over. Yeah, that definitely helps us play looser, I think. And, and it kind of pushes them back. If, if teams get up on our grill when we're on offense, that gives us trouble, but you can't really do that if you're in transition, so. Yeah, I agree. Um, just consistently having to get a good shot in the half court offense with this team is has shown to be a struggle. So that transition is important. 
I quickly pulled up some Ken Palm on Rice, just like see what their strengths and weaknesses are. They're trash on defense. So this should be a high scoring affair. Uh, 336 in the effective field goal percentage uh, on defensive effective field goal percentage. They don't turn the ball over or they don't force turnovers. They're horrible at defending the three. They're horrible at defending the two. So I anticipate like probably 80s for Duquesne, hopefully. Uh, and hopefully that leads to a win. But yeah. Nick, do you yeah. want to talk a little bit about like the just, I don't know, how we feel about the season? Like just take the tournament out of it, I guess, since or 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 preview next season or what, what do you think? Well, I, I do want to touch on this since we keep talking about the actual tournament. Duquesne did have the best record out of all Atlantic 10 teams against NCAA tournament teams. We went three and one against NCAA tournament teams this year. So which a is fun nugget. Reflect yeah, reflective of what we've said, where this team was good enough to beat any team on when they were when they were feeling it. Um, and it, I don't know if we necessarily played up to our competition all the time because, I mean, Dayton, St. Louis, and Fordham says otherwise. But we could, if if the shots were flowing, if the defense was leading to offense, I mean, there's a handful of teams, I think, that could realistically beat us when we were having our A game. Um, so that's that's kind of how I, I take that stat. Um but it was a roller coaster. We mentioned it earlier in this this season that we were riding the high. I was especially riding the highs and riding the lows particularly strongly, and that's what this season felt like. Where you felt like they finally had the answer. They they figured it out, and then instantly, nope. It's some team responded, and we don't can't make adjustments in the game, and uh, we don't have the right matchups going, and who should be our starting five? All of those questions keep popping in and out. Um, throughout the season. I don't necessarily think that the, who was on the floor really affected the outcomes of many games. I feel like outside of maybe St. Louis, where again, that mismatch uh, was just pronounced basically every possession. But outside of that, I feel like it was just kind of whether we were making shots or, or turning teams over. So I, it's weird to say, I have no idea how this team's going to be next year, whether it's going to be the same team or whether they're able to improve in some asset that makes them more consistent. But I don't really know what areas of the game they can improve on from a fundamental standpoint outside of like players individually improving on some areas. Because I don't think the offense is going to make like this big change into being such a vaunted half-court offense. I think they're going to be the same stylistic team. It's just a matter of players getting incrementally better, I think, this offseason. Yeah, and hopefully some of that consistency will come with everyone playing together for longer, right? Like, if you have this, – this was a team that was picked last in the league because nobody knew who anyone was on the team. That's why. And clearly off the gate, they were not that team. So I think that not knowing each other definitely caused some of those issues. Um, you, you could see that. Like, we had a couple of weird breaks in the season, too. And we just played a little funny coming out of them. And I don't, I don't know. I think there's just some chemistry issues there. And I think, I hope next year having this time together, at least a core of guys, assuming everyone stays, um, 
should help with that consistency to the point where maybe we're a little bit better on offense because we know each other's strengths, we know each other's weaknesses. And then obviously, yeah, everyone, every player needs to improve in the offseason, but that's sort of a normal thing. Yeah. yeah, hopefully just overall we can improve on not being so reliant in those two areas and just improve if we improve in the areas we're weak in or just improve in like, I don't know, contesting shots con consistently, like not necessarily having to turn the ball over every single time to have a good defense, but just good fundamental defense, good rotations, you know, things like that, um, that that's kind of falls under the category of guys improving individually, like Nick said. Um, yeah, I think that's how that's the biggest way that this team can improve. And then obviously the young guys that we're excited about, Rozier, Dixon, um, making like big, big uh, strides for more minutes next year. What do you think uh, are some of the biggest areas of improvement for like those the, these players that are returning? Like Trey Williams, I guess working even more so on his in interior offense, maybe. Um, Dixon kind of, I don't know if it's moving without the ball or just working on finishing strong, like him and him and Barre both needing to finishing through contact. Um, what, what do you think are the biggest areas from each player that could kind of bring the team up that much more? Um, I think the first thing that came to mind when you said that funny enough, wasn't Dixon, Rozier, Williams. It was day day realizing that he can get to the bucket like anytime he wants. Well, I, I want him to, because he it, it's a skill that he has that he just hasn't unlocked. Um, there's just multiple possessions where he has the ball, he has his guy beat, and he stops, either steps back for a three or he stops on a dime and takes a mid-ranger, which he's a de decent like mid-range shooter, but the numbers show like his two-point percentage wasn't great this year. It's because he's not getting to the hole. So that, that's the first thing that came to mind. I mean, there's plenty of other things for other players, but that's the first thing that came to mind. What do you think, Trent? Uh, first thing that came to mind for me was uh, our interior defense needs to get stronger. That's Dixon and Chave. They need to hit the weight room because <clears throat> Trey is a little bit undersized to be playing to have to guard the five. He could this year, and he did some. Yeah. But if, if Rotroff and uh, – <clears throat> if Rotrop is leaving and then, you know, we need somebody else inside to guard there and they need to get a little bit stronger. I think that's an area they can improve. And then we have to stop the ball too. I, it's all defense for me, but I was a defensive guy, but you have to stop the drive too. We, it, that last game against LaSalle guys just blowing right past us. Um, I don't yep. know if that's just a mental thing, but you need to get quicker and cut people off that way. Yeah, and I mean, that was a strength at some point this season was the on-ball defense and off-ball defending was where we were worried about um, the right. team needing to improve. And then I don't know what happened to the strength of the on-ball defense, but yeah, we, we consistently got beat uh, towards the end of the season. I don't know if it was fatigue or what, but... Um, I think yeah. part of that, I think part of that was just to being on, just being honest. I think that was Brewer being like getting a lot of minutes being at the point of attack. And I think teams started picking on him a little bit more. Um, so, and we're kind of going to have, like if Rozier is the starter, we're going to have a similar issue. He's better at it than Brewer is um, like combating with his size, but just, I wish we had like 
a regular sized point guard starting that that's just me personally i the, the size is a big deal to me i i just think which is really ironic because i i don't <laughs> know about trent's height but we are such short guards who like <laughs> could not could never uh, be in a situation where we didn't we'd be able to like contradict somebody but I'm, I'm, i was so honest with my basketball game that i decided to stop playing because i knew my height would be an issue so i you know kudos to me on that but yeah i i don't know i think that i think towards the end especially teams realize we can we can pick on this guy on, on defense can that be an improve we give to regier growth three or four yeah, inches grow. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, no, but there, there's certain a- aspects of these players that like you don't you can't have them improve in one area because it takes away like Trey Clark. You can't say to get rid of the turnovers because like how he plays is like he makes some ridiculous plays both for and against us. That's just who he is. Like if if you say cut down on those numbskull plays, well, that's going to take away from some of his greatness, too. Um, so Rogier, like, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would say no to like taking away, adding some inches to him. But at the same time, like his mentality uh, with his, with the smaller guard mentality, I think is part of the reason why he defends so hard. And just, I think he's going to be a pest. He's going to be a true pest guard in the making of Aaron Kraft and TJ McConnell um, back in the day where you're just going to get steals and annoy the ball handler as much as you can. I, I agree. I mean, I like I like Rozier. I liked Brewer a lot. He's a really smart basketball player. Um, I liked his game a lot. It's just uh, those two guys that you mentioned, they have more size. Like, they're small guys, but they, even they have more size than Rozier. So it's just like... Yeah. How tall was Aaron Kraft? <clears throat> I feel like he had long arms. Like, I, I just... I'm, I'm picturing like 6'1", six, 6'2", six, but maybe like a 6'4", 5' wingspan. Like, I, I don't know. That's just yeah, like totally off the cuff. He definitely wasn't. He's, he was 6'2", 195. All right. Yeah. So, and that, you know. Yeah, there's but, a few more inches then on both of them. <laughs> but to pivot pivot off of that or get away from that, something that you said about Trey Clark um, and something I noticed, like, I think it was the Fordham game or could have been LaSalle, one of the last two games. Um, just his execution on offense with the passing like you said he turning the ball over a little bit too much because he he is a good passer I think the assists don't show it but when he drives into the lane and can dump it off to that big guy he's really good at that he's good at operating the pick and roll uh there was just a few occasions where he just lacked that that small but like that one extra notch where the pass makes it through as opposed to getting tipped by the defender so I think Trey Clark could improve on that. And from the, like, we're losing Brewer. We're probably losing Reese, although there's still those rumors out there that he might be trying to get an extra year in return. Assume in Rotroff, I mean, if he could come back for another year, <laughs> 100%, keep coming back. Uh, I His family were wearing some great custom-made Rotroff board cleaner or glass cleaner shirts uh, at senior day <laughs> against um, – who was the senior game against Davidson? Um, and I, I saw him and like, if Duquesne had a better fan base, those shirts would be selling uh, a shirt of Joe Reese saying they picked us last would have been like a top seller from throughout this season. 
Like this is where one area of improvement that Duquesne could make is the fans. Like, I don't know how that the school needs to do this, but the students in particular, we need to get involved. We need to get, get there. The alumni were steadily showing up throughout this season. Um, but our alumni base who comes to the games are a little older. They don't necessarily get as loud and rowdy as other fan bases. And that's where we need students to get involved and, and to kind of lead that charge. And that's where it's been hurting the most, I think, this season. Don't get me started on the students. I have been harshly critical of the students. And I'm allowed to be because I was I was co-president of the Red and Blue Crew for a couple of years when I was at Duquesne. So they need to go watch our game that we played against Fordham and see their students. They were going crazy. We had the crazy part was we had students in the gym this year and no one, none of the students really took charge. So I would challenge the students uh, next year, whoever, whoever's there, whoever is going to be going to the game, someone take charge and get something going because not only does that help the team and the program, it's awesome as a student. I would, some of my best memories at Duquesne were leading that student section, the game against Dayton in PPG Arena. There was thousands of students there, and it was super loud and super crazy. And you just get to have a great time and be ridiculous. So please, I hope some students are watching this because that would make me so happy to turn on a Duquesne game and see the students going crazy. Yeah, uh, it was my junior year that I was an RA for a bunch of freshman guys, and I was able to get them to get involved and to go into the games. And it was the year that uh, Derek Coulter hit a buzzer beater against St. Bonaventure. Um, and our entire floor went bonkers, uh, like after celebrating, like students came to my room and were freaking out. Uh, <laughs> and then I think a few of them actually got to party with the players and had the night of their lives probably. Um, but yeah, so those, those moments where they're, they're rare, but like at it, and it's so annoying because if it's at another school, you know, how special the entire campus is. And it's just a small section of students uh, that were feeling it during my time there. And I just want it to keep growing and growing. And like, all it's going to take is a run. I don't know if it's going to be the NCAA tournament season, but maybe it's the season after the NCAA tournament where that can be a really special thing. Um, what really it doesn't, hurts, it doesn't have to be that though. Like that, that that's kind of the point. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have to, but from, from how it's been, I think that might be what it takes at this point. I, I understand. I, I, I agree with you, but it, the, like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't take it to that. Like Fordham, Fordham this year, Fordham's been garbage for so many years. And then last two years, they've really turned it on. And then their student, their, the away game was like electric to watch uh, right. from a student's perspective. So, and right. they knew how big, and it doesn't have to be a big game. Like this is a good basketball team like as as critical as critical of, as we have been because we're watching this team so closely slash there were expectations this year that's part of the reason there's more criticism that comes with that but this was still fun basketball to watch like it's just a good time to watch yeah um this was yeah. The, this was the best team to watch in the last six or seven years in the Danbrod no, era no because doubt. They, were, they, they played so much better offense and no doubt they make shots that was exciting yeah, and if and if they can build off of this season, I mean, there's no there's no reason why the student section shouldn't be popping next year. Yeah, uh, at the start of our season last year, 
whatever the first season of the stadium was, I think it was last year where fans were involved. They, the student turnout was so great at the start of the year. And I was so hyped for that. And then it was to the first game. We both went to the first game. I think of the the new arena. Trent, Trent, were you there? Yeah, I was there. I remember that there was a ton of students there. Yeah. And even the games after it wasn't as hyped as the first game, but there were still good student show out for probably the first half I'd say of the non-conference schedule. And then, I mean, part of it I think was Thanksgiving break. And then the other part was just like, once they came back, everybody knew the team was garbage. Yeah. That that's the unfortunate part, but that was one of the few wins uh, that season. Yeah. And, and fun there. fact, I was, I went out there for halftime or like, I think it was a timeout and did the free throw competition between uh, a friend I went with. So, and one, I got lottery tickets at that time. So there you go. Shout out to me. I went two for seven from the free throw line. Somebody, I, somebody I had to I've done that. You. I've done that competition once and I won $35 to red ring about a month and a half before they shut down for COVID and never reopened. So nice. I, if there's any red rings out there that anyone knows of, let me know because I need to go spend that money somewhere. Uh, I, I won a competition during my time, and it was a one of the prized uh, Duquesne gift bags where they just throw in a few stickers and a foam finger. So, though, I and mean, you, you got the poor. You definitely got the worst. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think I'd say mine are, are more valuable than thirty-five dollars to the red ring at this point. I think I think mine was. Um, either like 75 or a hundred dollars for PA lottery tickets, but then I was able to, so I gambled like 30, let's say $30 of it. The rest of the 70, I just like took as credit and it was, it turned into cash. Okay. So you got the best prize. We're not going to argue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, talking about the giveaways, that was one of the most annoying things was this, the, the promos they had for students like to win legitimate money and it was still a bad student turnout on those games um i just i just don't know because like even when we were going and there wasn't a constant fan base whenever they were doing student student organization giveaways or student giveaways the place was packed yep what what was it beats at one time yep they were giving away a custom pair of beats beats, which that's wild that's just like wild to think about I wanted. I saw a YouTube putting myself video. as a student. Yeah, that's wild. I saw a YouTube video of them doing like a promo of a Duquesne Custom Beats, and I was looking at the bookstore for months after that, waiting to see them drop. <laughs> Never did. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we need to find a way to reward like uh, involvement too, because just getting there doesn't necessarily do it. If you're sitting there and yeah. sitting there like you're in church, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, and there's. There were several promo giveaways when I was a student where people went in, grabbed the free item, and left before the game even started. Um, so they they figured that out, I guess, where students do stay when they go. But it's just, yeah, like you said, they're there, but they're not they're not into it. Um, and I I just don't get I don't get that. Like, how can you not be invested? You're there. That there's no negative to being invested at that point. It's just making the experience more fun. I think it just starts with one. One one person gets it going and it starts leading it. And I think then it kind of just trickles down from there. But you got to get that one or two people to kind of really get behind it. Yeah. 
yeah and, and who knows maybe the start of next year we can get get a good turnout get them going i remember there was one year where the women's basketball coaching staff uh went into the student section because it was like during one of those breaks and the they were probably the most energetic students <laughs> they had that season um, where I don't remember a shirt necessarily being thrown off, but there was definitely some wild <laughs> movements by uh, coach Burt during that game. Um, and I think it resulted in a win. So there, there have been so many great fan moments that haven't necessarily been students uh, at the games that I've gone to. And this is where I have to bring up my one shame as a, as a fan of Duquesne, uh basketball is the one city game that we did win was the one game i was stuck studying for a test for law school and that was the most miserable i've ever been i think <laughs> is realizing that we actually pulled off the upset and i missed it and all the students stormed the court and eric james is in all the pictures with with gormley and uh darius lewis who i mean i i knew all these guys I can't believe they pulled off that upset. I'm going to do you one better. Mine's way worse. I was one of these shitty fans that we we were talking about. I think every city game was like over spring break. And so I would go home in Philly. Or winter winter break? Spring break's always like right before the A-10 tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So it was always over winter break. So I would go home. And then the one city game that I would... I was actually able to attend was the one that we won, but I said to myself, "Yeah, we're we're gonna get crushed anyway, so what's the point in going?" So, I had the option to go. You ha- were actually studying for something, trying to make yourself smarter. Now you're a lawyer, so that paid off. Me, I just <laughs> I was like, I had the option to do it, and I totally blew it. Yeah. Uh, so Trent, I, I'm taking it you were at that game. I actually was not. That was before uh, oh I was still God. in Ohio at that time. Oh, wow. You guys are a bit older than me, so yeah, that was before we're, my time. we're fucking old. When did that, when did that game happen? <laughs> I thought that was like twenty. That was my senior year, so 20, 2016 in the seventeen. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the season before I got here. All right. Well, we yeah we we gave you unrealistic expectations that we could be, <laughs> and then and then uh, Jeff Capel said no more. We're not playing that game. Yeah really unfortunate i i don't even want like at this point i don't want it to come back and then play at ppg i want it to be like a home and away sort of series if they do come back um like in the same season or like you know do it it every other yeah okay and pitt's never gonna agree to that um so we'll just have the women's city game as as the only memory really of of Pitt first two can at this point. I'm pretty sure we've agreed to play them on any terms, haven't we? We did it. it we did this the year that they were canceling it. I don't know if we. I hope we pulled that offer because like they don't deserve it at this point. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I'm trying to think, we the I heard a rumor that the football teams apparently are going to play a game. Uh, in a few years at Heinz Field, um, as like the one of the first games of the season, so that that'd be cool. Like that wouldn't even have to be an every year thing, but every like five or even ten years, we get to play that game. That would be a nice, cool tradition to have. Yeah, it'd be the equivalent to what we played Florida State this past season, like yeah. opening weekend. So it'd be yeah, pretty much the same thing. Hopefully, we play a little more competitive game, but yeah, 
<laughs> probably be the same thing but yeah <laughs> i don't know I, I don't really i didn't come too prepared with stats or anything so i don't i'm just going off the cuff with like initial thoughts but i'm i don't know i don't really have too much else on this team yeah um i mean this was i was fully prepared when scheduling this that this would be just a, a season recap and that we'd be done talking about basketball true yeah but now next week we i mean if if we do actually make it decently far to the point where it's on espn2 and we have to watch the games i guess we'll talk about the cbi <laughs> yeah so what are these games on the first so round like first, i'm not i'm first not gonna pay round for are, is on a subscription called flow sports uh the big east actually this is the, how the big east uh basketball streaming service is <laughs> so it's 29.99 a month uh, so I'm not spending thirty dollars to watch two games. Uh, so that's that's potentially one game. <laughs> potentially one game. God, you are so pessimistic. Alex. It's true. <laughs> I'm just stating facts. Like it would be so much worse. Thirty dollars for one game. I I think I paid less for that to watch Duquesne this season. Especially since tickets are apparently only eight dollars, and that includes courtside seats <laughs> uh, for for these games in Daytona. So like. I mean, you could realistically spend just about the same amount of money if you take like a spirit flight and, and <laughs> buy a courtside seat to watch the games. Yeah. Sounds like we need to make a trip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cover it live. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday. Be, be real big J's. Hey, I, I texted you saying we could we could alter your uh, bachelor's weekend right now. Just have it this weekend <laughs> instead of going to Ocean City. Just head on down to Daytona Beach. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound awful. Like I've heard no, Daytona it's, it's is fair, awesome. So, I mean, if it wasn't based around the CBI, I think we could pull this off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a sentence! What a sentence! Uh, we'll just get our Ray Goss time in. That's all. We we'll just listen to a few games. Yep. Pay him some homage. Nine nine seventy a.m. for all you Pittsburgh listeners. Uh, Alec, I, I I think it's odyssey maybe iHeartRadio radio app i don't know one of, one of the radio apps you can pull the game up probably i'll probably just follow it on gamecast to be honest with you or twitter yeah well, yeah or twitter, twitter for, for sure <laughs> <laughs> we're you're slowly going to just get integrated into this twitter account and nobody's gonna know and you're just gonna be the one <laughs> from from our podcast account i'm just gonna start tweeting fire having never tweeted in my life <laughs> Take down all of Fordham for me. I'd appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to sum up everything, season was meh. Uh, next year, maybe promising. Uh, the season and- was successful, but disappointing in the end. I think. I think that's that's the proper way to say. Well, yeah. If you want to fully articulate what meh means, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> And then uh, CBI. Let's see what happens. Let's ride. God, we can't lose again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, I guess we'll talk to you again next week, folks. Go Dukes. Go Dukes. The Dukes are back and I was trying to rise up. Rise up. Rise up.